hello, how are you? And welcome to Thriller Vault, the podcast where thriller writers tell their favourite stories. I'm Luke Richardson and today I'm sharing an action-packed story by none other than Andrew Clawson. Andrew is the Amazon best-selling author of multiple series, including the Parker Chase thrillers, the Turn novels, and, as we're going to hear today, the Harry Fox adventures. Andrew's books are action-packed journeys, blending fact and fiction, often taking a wild ride through the past to reveal mysteries and conspiracies that threaten the world today. They sound great, don't they? Find out more about Andrew at Andrew Clawson. Right, let's get on with this story. The Fabergé Intrigue. East Germany, October 1989. An iron box sat on the table. Three men watched as a fourth lifted the lid. Hinges squealed like a coffin opening after centuries underground. Rain pelted the stained glass windows high overhead and water dripped down ancient stone walls as the box opened. The three watching men all gaped when they saw what lay inside. One of the men, looking down a long, aristocratic nose at the open box, said, Incredible! Fred Fox stepped back from the box he'd opened. It is, Fred said. Are there any concerns? Rainer Croy put his arms out to either side, both his lackeys head still. Is it... It, it, it is beautiful, Rayner said, a perfect addition to my collection. Which is already quite impressive. Fred indicated the towering great hall around them, the walls rich with tapestries while suits of armour stood at attention every few feet and all manner of deadly weaponry hung about, swords and spears, crossbows, even the odd blunderbuss. Your ancestral home is a wealth of historical greatness, Fred said. All paid for in blood by my ancestors. Maybe Rayner was talking about the guy who wore the armour by the fireplace, the one with the massive gash in the chest protector. An impressive collection of antique weaponry, which I still maintain, Rayner pointed to several items on the walls around the fireplace, are all ready for use. Fred inclined his head towards the box in front of them. This crown fits well with your heritage then, he managed to keep a straight face. The Vandals were a worthy precursor to the modern Germans. Rainer only had eyes for the box, a Vandalic crown. A grape-sized ruby on his ring sparkled blood red when Rainer lifted the golden crown from its container. Fine golden leaves topped a circuit of gold. Green emeralds and blue sapphires dotted the narrow crown. Fred was unsurprised when Rayner placed it on his head. The Baron's eyes practically glowed in reflected light from the roaring inferno in the fireplace. How much glory was won under the gaze of this crown? How many enemies slain? Not enough. Fred thought, or else the Vandals would still exist. Fred wisely kept his mouth shut. It's, it's hard to say, Fred said finally. He waited an appropriate amount of time as Rayner admired the crown and his two associates glowered in the background. I'm glad we could do business, as am I, 
Rayner said, finally removing the crown. He looked at Fred without speaking. The storm is getting stronger, Fred said. I'll collect my payment and be on my way. Baron Rayner Streich snapped his fingers. Lothar! One of the lurking figures snapped to attention. Pay Mr Fox! The glowering brute bent under the table and retrieved a box. It landed in front of Fred with a thunk. Fred nodded. Thanks. The hinges squealed appropriately when opened. Fred lifted the small object heavy for its size, but that was to be expected with the abundance of gold and numerous precious stones. Fred held the small piece to the light. He frowned. One, two, three, four. Four imperial symbols. His jaw tightened. No jeweller trained by Peter Karl Fabergé would ever use so many double-headed eagles. It was too ostentatious, too perfect. Baron, I'm afraid there's been a mistake. Fred put the egg back down. This egg, it's fake. The Baron blinked. What did you say? The egg. Fred picked it up again. It's fake. The ornamentation gives it away. It's authentic. Rayner edged closer to Fred. I am certain you are mistaken. Fred sighed inwardly, and I was almost out of here. No, Baron, it's you who is mistaken. This egg is fake. He pointed at the glistening crown. Our deal was the Vandalic crown for the Fabergé egg. A fair trade. The deal has been completed. Rayner put both hands on the table, leaning forward as Lothar and the other man moved slightly to either side, boxing Fred in. I will forgive your mistake. One can hardly expect a peasant's eye to understand the beauty of such a piece. From what I understand, it's you who will soon be the peasant. Fred stepped closer to the table. Paying for your relics with faked merchandise is the act of a desperate man. One who realises the Russians won't be in East Germany much longer. One who can't afford the taxes on his ancestral castle, let alone the upkeep. Fred kept going as the Baron's face reddened. Don't think I missed the moth-eaten tapestries and bare walls where paintings used to hang. You're hanging on by a thread, Baron. Fred eyed the staircase far across the room. Now stop messing around and pay me. Rayner's eyes were narrow slits. Lothar, Conrad, I forgot to show Mr Fox the North Tower. He should see the furniture in that room. His voice hardened. Take care that he stays away from the broken window. We wouldn't want him to fall out. It's a long way. The tired quip never finished. Fred Fox grabbed the fake Fabergé egg from its case and fired it up at Rayner's face. Direct hit. The Baron screamed, blood gushing from his nose as Lothar and Conrad rounded the table. Fred grabbed the empty metal box, feigned a throw at Lothar and made the man duck, then turned and whipped it at Conrad's midsection. The bigger man dodged, his feet tangling with a table leg to send him stumbling and clear some room which Fred ignored. 
He leapt onto the table, silver dishes and sputtering candles flying as he raced across, leaping off to fly past the wounded baron. Close enough, though, to snatch the vandalic crown from his head, his eyes on the far staircase. He hadn't seen the entire castle during Rainer's tour earlier, but he'd seen enough. Now all he needed was a red flag to make those two bulls chase him. Fred waved the crown as he ran. Rainer shouted from behind, Get him! Get him! A grin creased Fred's face. Go ahead and try, he thought. His feet nearly slipped on the damp flagstones as Fred raced across the massive hall and turned for the stairs, taking them two at a time on a winding route to the castle's upper floors. Shouting and thunderous footsteps chased him as he rounded the final turn and spilled out into another hall almost as grand as the below. Fewer suits of armour and moth-eaten rugs, more antique weapons of mass destruction, and most importantly, an empty fireplace. No roaring blaze up here though, not in the fireplace Fred had taken a moment to inspect more closely during the tour. Rayner had been too busy bragging about his murderous ancestors to notice. A dark corner of the fireplace drew his eye, not for the cobwebs, but because of the carving in one corner of the mantel, a small owl, incongruent with the overall gloom and doom vibe, unremarkable except for one aspect. Fred Fox had been in more than a few German castles. Two others had the same engraving on the fireplace mantel. Both engravings were more than mere decoration. They told a secret. Theirs, this fireplace, had a secret passageway inside, a route by which the castle occupants could escape invaders undetected. Fred had ducked into the dark recesses of the fireplace earlier and discovered an unnecessary line cut into the stonework. Interesting, but not the best part. That would be the small foot lever expertly hidden so close to the ground as to be invisible. Would Luther and Conrad know about this secret? Fred was betting his life they didn't, but there was only one way to find out. He darted into the fireplace and stomped on the hidden lever. Nothing happened. His throat tightened and his lungs stopped working as he stomped again. Footsteps sounded like gunfire coming up the stairs. A third stomp. Click. The fireplace wall in front of him fell inwards to reveal a hidden doorway. Fred darted through as Luther's voice filled the hall. He closed the hidden panel with a soft touch, turning Luther's shouts to nothing but distant noise. A flashlight came out of his pocket. The beam revealed a narrow passageway, running straight ahead before making a hard left. Spiderwebs fluttered in the upper and lower corners as he pushed through the forgotten passage towards the turn. It seemed to follow the exterior walls of the hall, Fred turning to walk down a long passage with no light and a soft breeze. Luther and Conrad shouted on the other side of the wall as he walked onwards, eventually reaching a dead end. His light played over the dusty walls. A carved owl at eye level made him check the floor. Another lever waited, this one in plain sight. He pressed to an ear the wall. Nothing. Luther and Conrad must have moved on. Fred carefully pressed down on the lever. A soft click. The wall fell open. 
and he stepped out into the empty upper hall. Except for Conrad. The German stood with his back to Fred. Close enough, Fred could reach out and touch him, which is exactly what he did. Fred tapped Conrad on the shoulder. The man jumped, spun around and received a direct shot to the jaw. Down he went, sprawled on the floor. Fred shook his aching hand, then grabbed Conrad under the shoulders and dragged him into the hidden passageway, pulling the door shut when he came back out. The hidden doorway was right next to a tapestry, rendering the hinges cut into the mortared line invisible. Conrad wouldn't die in there. No, he'd just be stuck long enough for Fred to escape. A suit of armour stood nearby. On impulse, Fred grabbed the oversized shield. The darn thing was so heavy, thick enough to stop a bullet. He ran for the stairs heading down. Let's hope so. Fred moved silently down the stairs, or at least as silently as a man running for his life lugging a massive shield could. He stayed in the centre to avoid banging his shield on the walls. Halfway down, a head appeared from around the corner at the bottom. Found him! Luther shouted. He pulled a pistol from inside his coat and took aim. Fred couldn't turn and run, couldn't get out of the way, couldn't do anything, except leap. He took a step and launched himself through the air, directly at Luther below. The German screamed, gunshot blazed in the hall, and in an instant, a shot ripped a hole through part of the shield. Fred crashed on top of Luther in a jumbled heap of limbs, metal and pain. Fred rolled off. He missed me. The shot had zipped past his arm, skimming his shirt so close it left a scorch mark. Luther lay beneath the shield, one arm and another leg hanging out to the side. He groaned. Fred leapt up and smashed down with two feet on top of the shield, smashing Luther beneath it. He stopped moaning. Fred ducked down and put a hand on the man's chest until he felt it rising and falling, slow but steady. Luther would survive. Fred grabbed Luther's pistol, pressed one shoulder against the nearest wall and kept going. At least one exit lay ahead, one of probably 20 given the size of this castle. But his car was out front and with how big the estate was, he needed it to get away. Run on foot and Rayner would gun him down long before he got away. Gun out, head on a swivel, Fred looking around the corner to find the great hall he'd left behind, now empty. No sign of Rayner, no sign of anything but the roaring fire and a free run to the exit doors ahead. Fred kept his back to the wall and turned the corner moving fast. He stopped and started at random in case Rayner was hiding somewhere waiting to take a shot at him. The ropes holding tapestries three stories tall bounced as he passed them. A third of the way across, he started to think he could make it. Boom. Sparks erupted as a bullet smashed off the stonework inches from Fred's arm. He turned and fired towards movement coming from a far doorway. Rayner sheltered behind the thick wooden door and blasted away. Fred ducked low, running back towards the fireplace, bullets flying as he squeezed the trigger to lay down suppressing fire. Rayner ducked behind the doorway and Fred's next two bullets lodged in the thick wood. He squeezed the trigger again. It clicked on an empty chamber. It's over, Mr Fox. 
The Baron peeked out from behind the doorway. When Fred didn't fire, Rayner squeezed off two shots from his rifle, both going wide as Fred raced along the wall before diving for cover behind the fireplace. Rayner's gun clicked empty as German curses filled the air. Fred stuck his head out in time to see Rayner pull a pistol out and loose some rounds towards Fred, who ducked back under cover. His breath came fast. Rayner had him trapped. Try to run for the doorway, back to the upper levels, and Rayner had him dead to rights. Going for the exit was an equally deadly option. He was stuck, and Rayner knew it. Come out, Mr Fox! Rayner fired a shot and laughed when it pinged off the mantle again. You cannot run! Come out, come out, and we'll make a deal. Yeah, right. Fred grabbed the top of the mantle and hauled himself up for a look. Rayner didn't notice from his hiding spot in the doorway. Fred held steady, his feet up off the floor, searching for a way out. He blinked. Holy smokes! The situation was right in front of him. If Rayner had told the truth, that is. Fred dropped back from the floor. I'm coming out, he shouted, still tucked behind the mantle. Don't shoot. Return my crown, Rayner said. Then we'll talk. Fred glanced around the mantle, hands moving furiously as he looked. Rayner had come into full view now, the pistol held out in front of him. He took another step out, hugging the wall as he moved closer. Perfect. I'm coming out. Fred stepped out into view. Rayner's mouth dropped. Drop the gun, Fred said. Rayner didn't respond. His mouth hung open as he stared at the antique blunderbuss in Fred's hand. A yawning barrel packed with shots, the weapon primed and loaded and aimed at Rayner's chest. Thanks for keeping the powder dry, Fred cocked the weapon. These things are a pain to handle. But from this close, it's impossible to miss. It will not work. Rayner's aim wavered as he backed up a step. That gun is too old. Then it's a good thing you keep all your weapons ready for battle, including this one. Fred closed one eye and aimed. You even had the ammunition on the mantle. Rayner stepped back. He knew Fred spoke the truth. Rayner's eyes went left and then right searching for an escape route that didn't exist. He backed up another step. We will make a deal, he said. Make me an offer. Rayner bumped against the wall, rustling a tapestry behind him. Fred grinned. Perfect. Here's the deal, Fred said. Don't ever try to steal from me again. Rayner blinked. Fred's gun moved to the right. The hammer fell, sparks flew, and a meteor exploded from the barrel. Fred flew back, landing on his rear end as a storm cloud filled the room. He dropped the gun and waved away the smoke, walking slowly forward. No need to hurry, not with the muffled sound of Rayner's voice pushing through the ringing in his ears. Smoke parted as Fred stepped into the clean air. It's a pleasure doing business with you he said. I'll see myself out. Rayner shouted something Fred didn't catch. It was hard to hear anything from beneath the tapestry which had fallen on top of him. Hundreds of pounds of fabric doing a better job than any jail cell at keeping the Baron under wraps. 
exactly as Fred had planned when he'd shot the rope supporting this tapestry, the one Rayner had bumped against as he's backed away from Fred's blunderbuss. Fred headed for the exit door. He only looked back once. Rayner was still moving, which was good. He'd get loose, eventually, long after Fred and the Vandalic crown had vanished into the stormy distance. I hope you enjoyed this story. Thank you for listening. If so, check out Andrew Clawson's website at andrewclawson.com. By the way, if you like stories like this about relics, manuscripts and secret societies, you might also enjoy my Arc Files series. Search Amazon for The Arc Files by Luke Richardson. That's me, by the way. Right, thank you so much for watching or listening to The Thriller Vault. Please like, share and subscribe. I'll see you next Saturday, either me or Phil. In fact, we'll see you next Saturday for a brand new episode. Thanks so much.